0: You're going to regret everything about this. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee, Alex. I, you know, you when I was making this – no, here's the thing. When I was making this bet, I was like, low. wow, 100,000
1: is huge. And then I said it and I'm like, that's like within reach.
0: Straight from the Straight Red Plex, you are listening to Straight Red. I'm your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, a man who proudly claims he puts on his pants two legs at a time, (laughs) Alex (laughs) Kibler. Now, Alex, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm asking, why do it that way? Well, because it's the only way
1: to show the pants who's boss. You just get in there, man. You just... What do you have? Sentient pants? <laughs> no, but th- they, know I, they know that they know what I'm talking about when I when I jump in them. That's why <laughs> in my day. new apartment <laughs> I went for really high ceilings. I get the oh. cat to hold one leg and Luca to hold the other leg.
0: Well, now this is ridiculous. Earlier, in <laughs> it was total perfectly sense. believable. Yeah, one oh, um, part legitimate legs- question though, yeah.
1: pseudo related question. I, I doubt it. Are you? And please, I, I'm dying to know your, in, your answer. Uh-huh. Are you a yeah. sock, sock, shoe, shoe person? I don't know what that means right Meaning, now. Meaning, when you're putting on socks and shoes, are you like every other normal human who's not a pervert, put on sock and then other sock and then apply both shoes? Or are you some sort of subhuman animal who puts on sock and then shoe, which let's then pause and realize that you're wearing one shoe and sock and then a bare foot completely, and then apply both sock garment and shoe garment on other foot. Which are so, you?
0: So this is the most confusing way I've ever heard a question <laughs> asked. I believe the answer is the former. Good. Both we can continue to do first? this podcast. <laughs> what are, what world are you from?
1: Where what I, I want to know cold? is what world is people who put sock shoe sock shoe from? Who does that? I've never people, seen people. I've heard of it. From where?
0: The internet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Do you wear your socks in bed? No, it's weird.
1: And somehow okay, thank my, you. my feet get colder when I have socks on. I don't understand I just, how that works, but it's it does. A,
0: it's, it's too weird. No, yeah. Socks on in bed.
1: No. I, I wear, you know, a Mexican wrestler mask, but socks. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's good Deep for your skin. Down, yeah, you are a luchador. I'm a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, the socks are the weird part for me.
0: Uh, I feel so bad for Dixie sometimes. Yep. I really do. Yep. I really do. Yep. Well, Alex, we're yet another week in the offseason. Well, and boy, and, and did things get crazy.
1: Closer to the season. We are right around the corner from meaningful soccer being played, both in the league and, and other channels, we'll, we'll get to a little bit later. But yeah, it's getting a little nutty, Jeff.
0: Getting a little nutty. And I texted you about this when it happened. Yeah. The Chicago Fire have gotten rid of Harry ship and sent him to Montreal. Alex, I have so many questions. But first, how are you going to write the ship when you purchased the Chicago uh, Fire?
1: You have been waiting for that joke for how long?
0: Uh, well, uh, you know what? Permanently, because I never thought they'd get rid of Harry <laughs> Ship. It was, it was just a waste of a joke. But now, you know, now let me say this first: write
1: I don't the ship. I, <laughs> this man is paid to write comedy, ladies and gentlemen. I my she thing started. is. Do I agree with this move? No. But I would tell you that reading—I don't know if you saw the document. It was basically—I think it was in a conference call where the front office of Chicago discussed some of the reasoning that they had behind why this was the time to get rid of Harry's ship. And I would tell you, now that the ship has hit the fan, we— Boo. <laughs> Now now that the ship has hit the fan, I'm like you. I'm just going to repeat the joke, and it's better the second time. Um, and you're going to be Do pay
0: you to do company?
1: No. All right, keep it moving. I get paid to sell. Um, some of those reasons kind of made sense. You know, if they had already made the decision that he wasn't going to get a ton of playing time, certainly going into this trade, trade value for Harry's ship was pretty high you know you have a a young player who's unproven but clearly shows flashes of an immense talent right um who has value to a lot of teams in this league obviously um you also couple that with the fact that they're in from what they call advanced negotiations with multiple central attra- attacking midfielders plus you have the increasing um you, you have the the increasing sense that the front office of Chicago is doing everything they can to further and further distance themselves from Frank Yallop and anything related Wait. to Frank Yallop you know i can sort of see where they're coming from i guess now did they sell for too little you know They didn't release the uh, appropriate TAM figure. It was TAM, or was it general allocation money? Anyway, it was allocation money. It was a
0: combination of both, but we can get into that later. If it's
1: if it's enough to get one, or God forbid, two players in sort of the six to seven to eight hundred thousand dollars a year range under the cap, then I mean, if they play out for you, then you might look back on this favorably.
0: But it boy did it raise a
1: lot of red flags for me.
0: It it really did and, and not just for you, for everyone really. First of all, there was no rumblings of this. No, no it hit people this. off
1: the side of the head, man. Out the of nowhere. The past two
0: seasons have been some of, if not the worst seasons uh, statistically speaking that the Chicago Fire have ever had. Mm-hmm. But the the shining light there was Harry Ship, even though last year was a down year for him. Statistically speaking, he, he was having a, a great time. Mm-hmm. He was doing very, very well for them. So fans were not expecting him to be someone that they were going to toss. That was just not something that people were expecting. So I would go out on him and one. say that
1: he's a fan favorite.
0: Oh, he's definitely a fan favorite. Number two, in spite of the fact that new coach, new GM – The fans don't really trust the Chicago Fire to make, like, the correct decisions. And why
1: should they, right? I mean...
0: No, no, they're in the right here. Yeah. I'm not criticizing Fire fans. Uh, So when something crazy happens that just doesn't make any sense, they're going to be upset about it. Uh, I totally get that. Lest we forget, as a hillbilly once said to me, lest we forget... (laughs) He's homegrown, and I mean that in the biggest way possible. This, this is a kid who grew up as a Chicago Fire fan. Mm-hmm. And if you, Gingers, if you haven't done it yet, you need to read this heartbreaking farewell letter that Harry Shipp penned to the Chicago fans. You could tell this kid was broken by this. He did not expect any of this to happen. Uh, he truly loved the club, truly loved the support, truly believed that they could turn this thing around. And now he's gone. Now he's gone. So, yes, I've seen the same responses you were talking about from both the coach and the GM. And I do sort of understand where they're coming from, especially if the decision was already made, like, hey, we're not going to play him. Or we're not going to play him much, whatever the situation is. Uh, then maybe it makes sense to move him while you still get value. The problem I have, in spite of whatever top-level talks they may have had with another team for another player, is that player hasn't been identified. So there really isn't anything for fans to hold on to and say, like, okay, we lost Harry's ship, but we have you know, whoever.
1: And that point was made on Reddit where if this was a combination announcement of the trade of Harry's ship and the signing of an attacking midfielder from Venezuela, it would go down a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot yes. easier pill to swallow, knowing that positionally, anyway, you have immediate relief. Of losing Harry Ship. You know, the thing with Harry Ship is they couldn't really ever figure out how to play him. At least Yallop couldn't. Um, yeah. If they view him as sort of this wandering, free roaming spirit, it was because he had to be that player under Yallop. The, the quality was so abysmal for a lot of that team for many, many, many months, mm-hmm. you know, with so few other bright spots that. He frequently took sort of the team on his shoulders, and you would see him playing all over the pitch, man. He was all over the place. Um, I think, I personally think that professionally, this could be very good for Harry Ship if he goes into his new situation with the correct mindset. Meaning, I think mm-hmm. he has a lot more to gain playing for Montreal Impact There, there's, there's a lot more opportunities that he's going to have playing with higher quality individuals, um, in a more, uh, frankly, in my opinion, a more enjoyable brand of soccer to watch. That he might Mm. actually get some recognition from, dare I say, a Jurgen Klinsmann at some point.
0: It reminds me a lot, uh, just in fan response and the question marks and all that, uh, to the Mike Petke firing. Where, like, it happens, it's huge, it was someone who the fans loved, it's infuriating that it occurs, but there's this undercurrent of, like, well, you know, maybe there's something here. Like, maybe there's a point... Maybe there's, there, there's something that could actually work out. This may truly end up being, like you said, best for both parties. Now, that's a crowded midfield in Montreal right now. Yeah, They've got a lot of midfielders on the current roster. So, I mean, we'll see what kind of minutes and where he plays in, in Montreal's system, if he plays at all, which is a question mark with the people that they have.
1: But, I guess what I would say is if you're willing to deal for Harry's ship, would you dare not playing. play in him, right? I mean, isn't, that's, that's the conversation. Am I correct? I mean, if you're – clearly he has value as a prospect. But that being said, he has value as a starter in MLS right now.
0: If you're willing to give up the – Always uh, nebulous allocation money and TAM and whatever else had to shift. If you're willing to give that up on a team where you're almost certainly going to lose Drogba, you're going to need as much money as possible to get some other big name. But you're willing to give that up for this player? You're probably going to play this kid. Yeah, he's probably getting minutes. Um, it's worth saying too. You're two, your two big names in that midfield. Of
1: course, are, are Piotti and Patrice Bernier. Neither of which, especially Bernier, is a particularly young man. It, this no. this is clearly a future building move. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but I, I'm really really interested at this point to see what Chicago's next move is, where they go from here. Having given away sort of the frankly the face of the franchise, he
0: who else? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Pick another name. M- Mike McGee. But you know, I mean, he's gone. He's gone, like and he gone. was hurt Jeff the whole time Lerenitz anyway. Gone. Yeah. Uh, so he he was the face of the franchise. You've, you've basically rebuilt your whole roster. You have a new mm-hmm. team. Um, maybe it'll work. I, I keep going back to how the Red Bulls did it. They had a shock firing. They changed a lot about that roster. Not everything, but they changed a lot about that roster. They had a really, really good season. that uh, They also did very cheaply, and we'll have a lot of things to say about the Red Bulls today. But there is some form of hope uh at less extreme when greg burhalter Ber- came in for columbus crew there were a lot of changes there uh seemed to work out just fine for them so that there's some room for hope but i i understand uh fire fans uh frustration but i want to go to another example that happened around the same time and this is over in seattle there was a report, I believe it was a BBC report. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong about this. That Oba Femi Martins has signed with a Chinese team. Uh, and for you gingers who follow, not just here in MLS, but just the just soccer in general in the world, you'd be very aware that Chinese Super League teams are paying, I'll just say it, insane amounts of money uh, for players all over the world. I'm, I'll even go further; they're overpaying for players all over the world um, and I was wondering at the time and clearly this has been proven now like when is MLS going to be the league that they're going to poach well, apparently this weekend <laughs> this yeah, is when that'll happen now, now what's happening. <clears throat> the Sounders themselves are saying there's been an approach the deals aren't done um, and I, I believe that the truth is there in the middle that functionally this is done they're working out the details because Femi Martins is not in training for the Sounders right now but even though that's a loss for that team he was a great goal scorer for MLS of the Femi Martins. You like, couldn't stop him. It was ridiculous. They have another player, and they have Jordan Morris. So I think as a fan base, much as they don't like it, and I'm sure that they don't, you can kind of swallow that bitter pill because there is somebody else. You're like, okay, we have somebody who can suit up who can show up, and we think is good. It's not the same level of player. I don't think uh, any reasonable person believes that Jordan Morris is going to be an instantaneous Obafemi Martins replacement, but you have somebody who you believe can play today. Uh, But let's talk about it. What do you think about this move? What do you think about the Chinese Super League? Allegedly, (sighs) by the time this pod comes out, it'll probably be confirmed. Business-wise, player-wise, what are your thoughts?
1: Let me first... Start by saying this: I am a big personal fan of Obafemi Martins. Oba was the most immediate replacement for Alan Shearer when I first really got into following professional soccer. It was right at Alan Shearer's end of his career in 2006, and then the replacement that came in functionally for him, besides Michael Owen, was uh, this number nine uh, who came from Inter, Obafemi Martins. I'm speaking, of course, of Newcastle United. And Oba plays the position of forward in a very exciting way, in a really amazing way. Um, Seattle has been the beneficiary of that for the last few years. I – this is tough for me because Mm -hmm. I think think that – let me ask you a question. Okay. Is there any possible way – Are they really paying him that much more than Seattle was paying him? That's the first thing that jumps out to me, is that Mm. it must have taken an astronomical sum of money for a guy like Oba, who's been around the block. He's 31,
0: Mm.
1: who clearly his career is on sort of the downslope. You have basically built your home in Seattle, in the U.S., and... You are now in a situation where you're going as a 31-year-old forward. You're going to go play in a league that has basically no – a league that has no guarantee of success. The the, the Chinese Super League jumps out to me as very much resembling the old 70s and 80s NASL, where -hmm. there's a lot of money spent on very few players – um, clearly, before they realize that there's money to be made by this process, you can hate some of the rules that are in place for MLS, but they serve a valuable function. You know, they basically kept the league alive in the early 2000s. Um, mm. I, I don't. Clearly, this he's moving for a payday. I mean that that's that's obviously the reason. You're not going to China to be on a competitive stage. Um. I I just I, th- I frankly I thought more of Oba than to go and and clearly give up any semblance of competitive soccer just to collect a paycheck.
0: So a couple of thoughts. One, this is almost certainly in like an astronomical paycheck. Almost certainly. And I know that Obafemi, Obafemi Martins has a reputation of being, uh, and I think somewhat unfairly, but of being a mercenary, yeah. just going from best paycheck to best paycheck. At the end of the day, like this is your job. Your job is to play a game. You're 31. How many more big contracts are in your future? Probably one. <laughs> like, yeah, probably and this is it. it. And I bet – there were rumors, by the way, uh, for almost a full year now that uh, Premier League teams were looking at Obafemi Martins, bringing him back in. Um, so who knows what other offers were you know, on the table. And, and the Seattle Sounders were paying him quite well. I'll find that salary in a moment. But I am assuming China is paying him something that – is so huge that he knows and everybody else knows, his agent knows, it, like no, no one else is going to pay you this. Like you're not going to see this paycheck from the Sounders. You're not going to see this paycheck for whoever was looking at him um, in the Premier League, which is probably, you know, like a mid table team. They're probably not going to pay it, uh, but China will. And you have to look and you're 31. How much longer can you play this game? And how many more times is someone going to say uh, you're worth top dollar We will absolutely pay you that and guarantee you minutes, so on and so forth. The thing that's frustrating for all of us, myself included, is statistically speaking, his best seasons in his entire career were for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. In terms of uh, goal production
1: 21 appearances and 15 goals
0: last year for Seattle. Not bad. Not bad. But the other part of that, and you may be thinking of this right now, Gingers, is, aren't there more than 21 games in an MLS season? Yeah, there's quite a few more. Man has been injured quite a bit lately. Yeah. So if you're the Seattle Sounders, you have to be thinking, we would love to keep Obafemi, Obafemi Martins. Absolutely. And I just looked this up. They, he had a base salary of $2.4 million, and then uh, $3 million total compensation, which is high for MLS so you you're you're paying him but you also have to look after the business part of this you're bringing in Jordan Morris you know you need to get younger just as a team you all <laughs> the portland timbers have won an mls cup you have not so the pressure is even bigger now to perform uh, and you've got a guy that gets injured now and that's probably not going to improve he's probably not he's not getting younger He's not getting healthier. He's still costing you $3 million. If somebody else rolls up to the Seattle Sounders front office and says, hey, we're willing to pay uh, a $7 million transfer fee or whatever. I don't know what the actual numbers are going to be. But they're going to pay whatever they're going to pay. You have to be looking at like, oh, we get a DP slot back. We get our allocation money. We know that, like, yeah, we're probably not going to sign someone here in the next week or so, but when the summer transfer season opens up, when all the European leagues close, you might be able to convince somebody to come to Seattle, someone who's a big name, someone who will say, oh, I get to play in front of 60,000 fans screaming my name. That's better than the crowd I had at my uh, Premier League team or whatever league since the Sounders draw better than most teams globally. You've got to be thinking that way. And when you listen to the GM talk about, you know, Martins isn't here, China's been asking, it sounds like they don't really want to let Obafemi Martins go, but they're resigned to the fact that he's going to go. And I believe he is. I believe Seattle's going to get paid. I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment because he was a great strike pairing with Clint Dempsey. It's going to be a bit of an adjustment for the team. But in the long term, this is going to be a better deal for the Seattle Sounders and their fans. But I'm going to miss out with Femi Martins. Great I am player. too.
1: I don't think this is completely and totally lost either that Jordan Morris's decision to play for the Seattle Sounders happened weeks you know, just before this announcement of Oba. I don't think Seattle are in a position to sell should they not have a promising young forward like Jordan Morris sort of waiting in the wings already.
0: That's a good point. They probably would have fought this one harder. They may have found themselves even doing a deal with Obafemi Martins that would overpay him. Mm -hmm. And they're in a situation where they can say, you know, we don't like it. And you can tell they don't like it. Like They don't like that they're going to lose this player. But they they can walk away. Yeah, They can do it. Um, and we've seen a couple of players go in this offseason we've seen Matt Miazga go to Chelsea we've seen Obafemi Martins go to China of all places uh, we see players go but I think this is a good sign Alex and I know it sounds strange to say that but I think it's a good sign when other leagues look at MLS and say there's talent here, and I don't just mean other leagues like, "Oh, the Danish Premier League I mean like leagues that are either uh, premier or for some reason are flush with cash, like the Chinese super league, and I just don't trust any of that I just I think the money's fake money. I think the whole thing's going to dry up real fast, but um I think that's good for the league that they can now play ball in the international marketplace like they have stuff worth of value, and also it's clear players want to come play, and they're not just retirees like we've got players who are young enough that people say, "Oh yeah, this is somebody, this is a thing. I think it's positive, even though for teams right now they're hurting
1: i i I agree with you i i you you sort of get used to the fact that when a player typically in the last five years left MLS, it was because they had sort of outlived their welcome. And, and now we are in a world of the, the Yedlins and the Miazgas of the world where all of a sudden, you know, other leagues are starting to see the value in the game that we're playing here. And they're paying us accordingly. And so functionally, it's great. I just as an Obafemi Martins fan, mm-hmm. it's hard to see.
0: Uh, and for your gingers out there who didn't quite fully understand why Alex Kibler is such an Obafemi Martins fan, he's a Newcastle guy.
1: Yeah, I have an Obafemi Martins Newcastle jersey. Um, what was it
0: three three seasons? He played. He
1: played. I think from oh six to oh nine, if I'm remembering correctly. He played at, about a three yeah. full three seasons. Um, mm. He, you know, he's he's his type of play is something that you don't see very often. He plays um in a very frenetic way um which is a lot of fun to watch and hopefully the the fans out in China you know enjoy what they're getting out of him and they give him the full respect that he deserves
0: Oh, uh, one last thing before we move on from Obafemi Martins. It's also worth pointing out. The level of play he was doing at Seattle Sounders got him back in the conversation for the Nigerian national team, the Super Eagles. He started seeing minutes again. So, like, it worked out. It wasn't a bad situation for him in Seattle. It was a good situation. So, again, my assumption, uh, the Chinese Super League, they paid him just a boatload of cash.
1: Yeah. Moving on, gingers. We... As a podcast, <laughs> have a few times postulated, joked around on, you know, we, we've, we've, we've made a few predictions on the show. Um, we made one. It feels like it was just days ago, Jeff, days ago, well, about who we thought we were going to get for the All-Star Game. And I will tell you this, now that we know who the All-Star Game opponent is, Mm -hmm. I think it's a great choice. I would have been mad if it was like Barca again or Bayern again. That kind of thing. But for me, I think they made a good choice. If you haven't been paying attention, gingers, there was a great video posted by the MLS sort of staff writers. um, And it is now confirmed that in July at Avaya Stadium... The best of MLS will play host to none other than the Gunners of Arsenal. I, this is exciting. I, I think Arsene Wenger is one of the great personalities in this game that we love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I also think that he understands the frivolity and the, the jovial nature of this game and won't take it too seriously. I'm looking at you, Pep Guardiola. To where I think it would be fun. It's going to be fun in the way that an all star game should be fun in any sport. I'm really excited about this.
0: I think it's a good pick. I mean, they're right now, uh, at the time of this podcast, third in the Premier League table, uh, but they're tied on points right now. And uh, first is not that out of the question. So uh, they're a good side. They're a good side. They're, and don't forget, technically, uh, an American plays for this team. I mean, he hasn't lately, but. <laughs> He's he on the, he's on the books. He is there, um, and I do think he will come there mostly. And let's face it, mostly for preseason, get his team warmed up for what will be the forthcoming uh, Premier League season at that point in the year. Um, but I think it's a good pick. I think they'll be entertaining. I think they will propose enough of a challenge to be worth the time and effort. And keep in mind that an MLS All-Star team is going to have a bunch of names you've heard of. And I don't mean just because you're an MLS fan. Like There's so many big-name players. Uh, it's going to be a decent sign going up against them. There will be people you really know. Uh, I think it should be good. What I well, love about this is and, that
1: this is a situation where – Almost guaranteed, you're going to have a team of names against a team of names. You know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. going to have you're going to have the the Vias and the Kakas and the Gerards and the Dos Santos and the Keens, you know, of of on one side. But then you're going to have Giroux and Walcott and Danny Welbeck and you know what I mean? And Alexis Sanchez and Flamini. It's 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 going to be an exciting sort of group of people and mezzat Ozel and mezzat ozil is going to be playing in an mls all-star game
0: well maybe we don't know who their lineup's going to be
1: <laughs> no but you know <laughs> what i mean like it's this is the team where not only you're gonna get the quality that you would get out of another top flight team but you're also gonna get players that like they're in adidas commercials you know these are, these are people that like oh wow that guy he's wearing that shoe i'm gonna wear that shoe
0: it's going to be a good match. It should be very entertaining. Now, I'd like to just remind Gingers that uh, the New York Red Bulls played Arsenal and beat them one nil. Yeah, at Red Bull Arena. So this isn't impossible.
1: Bradley Wright Phillips, right? If I remember correctly, score. So I'd
0: have to. Uh, yes, it was a Bradley Wright Phillips goal that that beat Arsenal. Uh, this was only two years ago. It's well, not long ago. Yeah, two thousand fourteen.
1: I I think that this is a well, not this. Pick, but the way that they announced the pick with the whole fun video around playing FIFA and and some for some reason like Kaká is calling people from Arsenal and they're like twenty years as junior and all these other fun things um, shows that I think that Arsenal is the one of the first teams that really understands the nature of an All Star game in North America and what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're sort of unique in that we have these glorified exhibitions of everyone's favorite players that are really just for fun um that happen every year you know usually you only get that type of a game when it comes to someone's like testimonial match um so it, it's a lot of fun and i hope that arsenal really 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 gets into the idea that yeah it's an exhibition let's have some fun with it
0: I think they will. I think they will. This reminds me that I really think the Premier League should do an All Star Game. Of I their think own. they should too. I think every league should I, do an All Star Game. It's I fun. That'd be they're fun. They'd be huge, and, and it, it always answers like those childhood uh, questions of like, "Oh, what if these guys were all on the same team?" Yeah. Like, well, I, and that's the the fun of it. Um, and every league seems to be able to do it fun, except for the NFL. The Pro Bowl is horrible. <laughs> it is the that's worst. The worst. This should just not do it. At this point, just like make it an honorary list. That game is so bad. But um, everybody else makes it fun to watch. And, and you have that kind of childhood wonder of like, oh my god, what if they were on the same team? Or these people lined up against each other? Or whatever. Uh, I think the Premier League should do that. And just one last note about Pep and his response to losing to the MLS All-Stars coached by Caleb Porter. I think... I think there were a couple of things. One, I don't think he understood that Caleb Porter views every game as a championship game. <laughs> He's going to play it hard. <laughs> I, like I think he didn't understand that coming in. Two, I think he was insulted that he lost to the MLS All-Stars. And I think he, he should be. We got to you. You have
1: MLS 1, Pep Guardiola nil. That's the only scoreline you need to
0: know. That's it. it- and I really thought we were going to get destroyed like 6-0. Well, we didn't play against their best players. But <laughs> even, even, even their bench players, this is Bayern Munich. <laughs> They've got everybody. Didn't matter. They were terrible. Terrible. Ah, uh, Pep's still upset. So, <laughs> Gingers, you may remember David Beckham. If you don't. Who? I don't know. Google him. <laughs> I don't no. know. Do something. <laughs> is that the uh, oh, underwear model? At this point, yes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) A legacy of his deal, his contract he signed back in like 2006, Uh, other than a truckload of cash, was he could get – an MLS expansion franchise on some ridiculous discount. Uh, only if he acted on it within a specific period of time, but there was some giant discount. Allegedly, the league thought he would never act on it, but they put it in there. They put it in his contract. Of course, David Beckham, uh, or at least the people that surround him, were actually fairly good business people. They're like, yeah, let's do it. These franchises are now worth $100 million. We can do it for like 30 you know, It was some ridiculous discount that they were given. Uh, and that team is going to be in miami or is it alex (laughs) this has been a disaster for years we're now two years years after david beckham exercised that particular clause of that contract to have a team in miami and there's there just hasn't been much progress and the issue of course is uh the stadium they they can't quite get the stadium site but now we're hearing rumblings That another issue is those dollar-dollar bills. Alex, get us up to date.
1: Recently, Gingers, if if you haven't been paying attention, um, because of the nature of how David Beckham acquired this sort of phantom expansion slot that he has, Clearly the value is there that if an outside party was interested in coming in and maybe potentially coming into the league, David Beckham would be sort of contact number one when it comes to who you could go and reach out to. Who Yeah, this guy has a deal on how to get into this sort of money – money uh, laundering that we have going on (laughs) where everyone just shares all the money and the fans pay these people. That's what's happening. Sorry. I don't mean to rant,
0: but. So for those gingers who were also confused listening to Alex rant on, the fundamental thing here is the, or as the story goes, there is interest from Paris Saint-Germain, who are owned by the Qatari Sports Investment Group, which are themselves part of the government of Qatar. Uh, and they have a lot of money. They have a lot of money. And David Beckham played for PSG uh, for about 10 games and lifted a trophy with them. So he does have a connection with them. The thought uh, that, that, that we're uh, looking at here is this could be a way for foreign investment to get in on the MLS money train for cheap. But it does seem to be more like David Beckham is looking for someone else to sort of shore up. Uh, The dollars for this particular group uh, because it's going to be it's going to cost more than they were expecting it's going to take longer than they were expecting getting land in Miami is no simple feat getting through the government in Miami and Florida in general is is no simple feat this is a part of the country, there's several parts of the country New York is like this as well um, where every inch of real estate is at a premium. So, a- anything you could get, even in like so called depressed areas of the city, like it doesn't matter. It's all expensive. And people live everywhere and they're not going to go quietly into the night just because you want to build a stadium. Uh, they're going to put their community group together. They're going to launch lawsuits. This is going to be drawn out. This isn't going to be easy. You have to have a lot of dollars and a lot of patience uh, to go through these things. And frankly, uh, with how things have gone down in Miami with regards to sports franchises lately, that community and that community, I mean, everyone who lives in Miami is not too receptive to the idea of any stadium being built anywhere that even has a hint of a public dollar being used. Uh, so there's going to be resistance, is what I'm saying. I personally also
1: resistance. think that, that there's going to be resistance from within the ownership groups of Major League Soccer.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Whether or not they, they have a legitimate argument is another discussion. But I, I think if you are the families that make up the payroll in this league, um, all of a sudden you have this guy who you've already extended this sort of silver platter worth of discounts to who... May or may not actually wind up using it, and he's going around sort of courting suitors who are going to foot the bill for him
0: well, if i 'm city football group, I just dropped a hundred million plus for a team because exactly. that was what they that's what they said to me that's the price, and we all agreed that that was the price, and I paid it.' They're like, yes, yeah, city football group functionally has infinite dollars, but a hundred million dollars that's a lot for anybody. Meanwhile, a competitor to me the the qataria uh, sports investment group and i'd be, and by competitor i mean they compete in the champions league that's where this is, becomes a problem for you a competitor to you is going to come directly into your league at some ridiculous discount because they connected with somebody else and you're sitting there thinking like well, why didn't i get that deal and you didn't and you're not going to and so when it goes to a vote, and my understanding, Ginger's two-thirds of the owners would have to vote for any sort of change in ownership of any team. Uh, when it goes to a vote, you're going to vote no on that. And you may not be the only one. Teams that have come in since like 2008 have been paying really, really big expansion fees. You may be very reluctant for somebody else who you know, by the way, has money. It's not like, oh, this is a small family business. like They have the cash. Um, you're going to be reluctant for them to get a discount. So I'm I'm curious where it will go. I do want Miami to have a team. I know a lot of fans don't.
1: You know who else does? Don Garber, which is one thing that I think is really going to drive this. If Don Garber thinks that the only way for MLS to really get into that market is to allow David Beckham to sell the rights of this expansion franchise to some outside investors you bet your ass he's going to find some way to make it happen. Almost every move Don Garber has put his stamp of approval on is about increasing the television footprint of this league. NYCFC being a, a very obvious example. A team that's allowed to exist with no stadium at all, but they exist because he felt that the Red Bulls did not fully capture the New York audience.
0: Well, they don't
1: they don't but neither does NYCFC but I feel like you're you're gaining on it with that so what I'm saying is the influence of Don Garber cannot be understated in this conversation
0: I think it can be and here's why Don Garber is a sports commissioner and like all commissioners you serve at the pleasure of the owners in the league he works for somebody else so when people say like oh Don Garber wants X What's really happening is the owners want that That's to happen. That's a fair point, yeah. And he is acting on their behalf. This is as true in the NFL as it is in Major League Baseball as it is in Major League Soccer. This, this isn't truly – on the one hand, of course, you need a human individual to make decisions. That's absolutely true. But uh, let's look at the New York thing. If there wasn't ownership support for a second New York team – The league wouldn't have spent about a year or two trying to make this happen on their own. Let's not forget that. There was a long time before city football group got involved, where they were still trying to build a stadium in New York. They wouldn't have gone down this road. Uh, if they didn't believe in it at some fundamental level. Uh, And by they, I mean the other owners. Now, I'm sure the New York Red Bulls had a lot of reservations, but in this two-thirds scenario, they could easily have been outvoted. And it may have been the discussion, like you're thinking, let's think about our national TV deals. Let's think about our international TV deals. We need to have a compelling product. This is a way to get something very compelling happening, and we can drive up all these fees. I am reluctant to just say, oh, it's Don Garber's, you know, his own thing he wants to do. He's not a king. He's only the commissioner because the owners want him to be. So if there is a push from Don Garber in the front office of MLS for there to be a team in Miami, it's because the rest of the owners think there should be a team in Miami. That's what it is.
1: What I mean to postulate is that I think the other – owners want a team in Miami because Don Garber thinks it's a good idea to have a team in Miami. Meaning, I don't want to underplay the influence that Don Garber, the businessman, has over those individuals.
0: He has influence, but I mean, there's billionaires in this ownership group. They're businessmen too. That—that's all I'm trying to focus on here. It's like it, it's not like he's the only person who says, "Oh, we should think about our TV deal." There's other people there, like the ownership of LA. Those people are billionaires. <laughs> these yeah. people have a lot of money. Um, and some of these guys, and I go to LA, you go to New England. Some of these guys have been losing money on MLS for a long time. Uh, they're going to get paid, you know, one way or the other. So if there is this temptation of hey we have a team in miami we're gonna have a better tv deal like absolutely they'll push for it but it remains to be seen it remains to be seen because this is dragged out for a while for a long while and as fans always say there seem to be more worthy projects sacramento always comes to mind san antonio comes to mind where they literally have a stadium already it just needs to be expanded but it's built to be expanded like it already exists uh st louis which is coming back to the forefront and again don garber seems to like that idea there's other options so i get it i get the criticism we'll see it is going to be a problem though if david's trying to bring in outside investors that's going to be a problem
1: we got a few other quick notes for you, Gingers. Um, first of all, there have been a handful. Let's, let's quickly get into our fashion review hats. I love
0: our fashion review. We Me should, too. It's really great. The There's pie. been a
1: handful of other uh, jerseys that have come out since then. Uh, first and foremost, the Montreal Impact and Harrison Ship will be wearing a new striped top <laughs> for the 2016 season. Jeff, it, it looks a lot like the old one.
0: And I've got to be consistent, even though I got burned on this online. Yeah, I've got to be consistent about um, jerseys being presented as like phenomenal and crazy or whatever. It's okay. I think this is now going to be like a classic look for Montreal. I hope so because it's really sharp.
1: I, love I do. It. I'm a, I mean, it obviously as a Newcastle fan, I you have to take this with a grain of salt. I'm a big fan of vertical stripes on a kit. And I think makes blue and taller. black look a lot. It does. And it, it, you know, it hides that muffin top that I've been accumulating. But I You've think. You've
0: lived a colorful life. <laughs> I've,
1: I've, I've done a lot. Um, but I think that this look could be something that this team could build upon for future years. And I hope that they are like, you know what? This is us. Black and blue, vertical stripes. This is our look. Um, and you would only then see minimal sort of uh, adjustment to it later on.
0: I'll give it a B plus. It is the classic look, and I think this is going to be their classic look. Um, As you know, I'm very reluctant when they make a lot of noise about what I feel is an update of an existing look. Uh, But in defense, how I got burned on online, just like the Philadelphia Union one looks like the old Philadelphia Union kit, but it is updated. It is cleaner. This is an update. I do, you know, now that Adidas has moved off of the shoulders, that's helped a lot. I agree. <laughs> those the three lines. Down the side, I don't really care. But on the shoulders, they look like epaulettes, and I, I didn't like the look.
1: It's a much I cleaner, like simpler look, which I really like. And I'm a big fan of the jock tag of the of the little fleur-de-lis down there. Metallic mm-hmm. silver, really, really nice look. Um, in addition, mm-hmm. um, apparently no one told me that Paris Saint Germain was playing this year in MLS. Uh, oh wait, that's just New England's new home kit. Gingers. I like it. I like, I like it. it too because I like Paris's
0: kit. It does look. It looks a lot like PSG. <laughs> I mean, really it's does. the same shirt. It's not the same. They're not sponsored by United Healthcare. <laughs> yeah, they have real <laughs> sponsors,
1: and they didn't have a like, draw their logo. But oh,
0: don't get me started.
1: Here's the thing: they didn't have. Anything that that logo goes on is <laughs> already knocked down at least, you know, maybe from a a flat B to a minus, <laughs> just because the Rev's terrible, terrible garbage logo is on that jersey. But I would tell you, this look works for PSG. It works for for uh, New England.
0: It looks, I actually kind of like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I I'm looking beyond the logo, even though they do need to fix it, and it is horrible. I'm giving it an A minus. I just feel like both
1: the I like the, the, look. the United Healthcare and the Revs logo both need a very obvious refresh. Like that United Healthcare underneath the UHC logo, yeah. was clearly written in office 1997. <laughs> You know, it's just it's it's really tough. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this. I'm actually gonna go fairly far below you. I'm gonna give this a, a B, just a plain wow. flat B. Wow. The design elements are great, but there's a lot that's standing the way from this to be truly really outstanding.
0: It, it it does have some issues, but I think a lot of those aren't the design of the jersey itself. Like United Healthcare, they need to get their logo situation sorted out. Are you UHC? Or are you United Healthcare? Don't have both on your shirt or anywhere for that matter. And, and lastly, the logo for the team. But moving on.
1: Lastly, everyone's favorite tramp stamp people, the New York Red Bulls have released yet another blue and yellow away kit. Jeff, why? Why is this? Why, why do I? Why should I care about this? It's the same. It's the same.
0: <laughs> it's the same shirt. I- I like the I like the blue and yellow. I do. It's a good I, look. I like this look. I like this look. I think that, I think this is a good one. Uh, I don't like the, as you call it, tramp stamp. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like how it has New York Red Bulls on the back, right above the butt. <laughs> I Jeff, that.
1: Jeff, can we make a bet?
0: Whoa, what's, you make a lot of very if we, poor New York Red Bulls related bits. If
1: we, no, this has nothing to do with the Red Bulls, all right? If we, by the end of the 2017 MLS season, wow. if we average 100,000 downloads a week. That sounds high. I will get a tramp stamp of the show, the show's
0: name. Wait, okay, hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Wait a second. This got real good. I just want to make sure. Hold on, I just <laughs> want to make sure I understand correctly. Yeah, so by the end of the 2017 season, right? It's so not this season. No, next season. No, we
1: we finished last season at about seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars a week. So it shows you the scale of what we need to accomplish by I, the no, end no, of next season. Just
0: making sure I understand the bet. That's all. Uh, so not the end of this season, the 2016 season. The end of the 2017 season. If we reach an average of 100 thousand downloads a week, you will tattoo <laughs> straight red <laughs> or, uh, as a tramp stamp. You will do that. Yes. Okay, I have to now I have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> because, so I want to make sure I understand. If we reach that milestone, early, yeah, yeah. does that still mean it happens? Do no. we have to wait?
1: No, you have to wait, because what if it falls off? What if we're, we're like a flare okay. in the soccer landscape sky, and it falls away?
0: I'm <sighs> talking about... Con- con- Nikki. if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this, yeah. I need a favor from you. Okay, I need you to write this down. All right. That at the end of the 2017 <laughs> seat, if Straight Red averages 100,000 downloads a week... Alex S. Kimbler will get a tattoo of straight red as a tramp stamp. Please write that down. Take a photo. Put it on Twitter. We'll post it. That's better than any.
1: (laughs) (sighs) I tell you what, that that seems like a small number
0: all of a sudden. And I'm like really worried for some reason. No, no. You said it now. It's gold. No, it's in there. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This has to happen. (laughs) This has to happen. <laughs> that hundred thousand—that's worth it for me. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna—we're gonna call it uh, uh, Alex Tramp Stamp 100K. That's gonna be the hashtag. That's the longest hashtag. In I gotta shorten that, Can yeah. it just be Tramp Stamp 100K? Why don't you just do
1: Alex 100K?
0: Alex 100K. Yeah. What about Alex k No. 100K? How about Tramp 100K? Tramp 100K. Hashtag Tramp 100K. Oh, man. (laughs) This is uh, is great. Because you know what's going to happen now? What? We're going to hit 100K before then, and you're going to have to sweat it out for a year. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. (laughs) You're going to have to hope it bombs. I
1: have to willfully sabotage my own podcast.
0: This is so bizarre. Why did you even do this? Because it's hilarious. (laughs) Just like the seven hundred thousand dollar bet, which you okay. Also first lost. of all, you picked seven hundred thousand dollars, like, not me. Yeah, but I didn't start the bet. As usual, it started with something crazy that you said. At the time, uh, neither of us thought it was crazy. But so, that being said, <laughs> but are you gonna are you gonna uh, uh, are you gonna crap out, wimp out, just like you did with the seven hundred thousand dollars you owe me?
1: No, I, I didn't wimp out of the seven hundred thousand dollars. I I. I well,
0: it never I will not make
1: that up. total amount of money in my entire existence. So, there's that. <laughs> I can afford a tattoo of my podcast's name on my lower back, like a so, distinguished lady.
0: Like a distinguished lady? Hashtag Tramp 100K. That's where we've landed? <laughs> it has,
1: Yes, landed? Tramp 100K. And like I said, it's an average. And, and I will also say this. Let's we, postulate, uh, let's postulate, right, that let's say it gets to say the two thirds mark, and we're being we're really optimistic, right? And at the two thirds mark, we've averaged like two hundred K or so per per download. By definition, we have at that point reached our milestone. The earlier the better. I will do it, we'll film it, it'll be great.
0: Well, you made the rule. I have to wait till the end of the 2017 season. It's going to be a great finale. Can I give you this tattoo? No. We'll figure it out, folks. No. No chance. I'm going to get drunk and (laughs) (laughs) tattoo your tramp area. My dick. I don't know why you subjected yourself to this. How does Dixie put up with this?
1: Because I will do anything for downloads. But – um. What? Moving slightly on, uh a couple other things that we want to notice. Oh my god. Before <laughs> before we leave. Uh Laurent Simard signed an extension uh last couple what of days. A great player.
0: Uh I'm glad that Montreal there were some differences between the two during the season. I'm glad they've worked those out, got the deal done. And and he's fantastic. He still plays for Belgium, does he not?
1: I believe so. I, thought, I don't know when his last call-up was. He He's he's 30 years old. I thought um, he got called
0: up during the season. I'm going to double-check on that. Uh, but great player. Great, def- let's see.
1: He's uh, defending MLS Defender of the Year, lest we forget. Um, he clearly has a great pedigree. I think this is nothing but a great signing, especially if you do it for the appropriate amount of money if you're, if you're Montreal. Montreal all of a sudden making some really great moves, so... I think, you know, that what's funny about this is that the East is gonna be another dogfight. dog fight. I don't think there's any teams that are really functionally at this point outsiders looking in. I think I think a lot of teams have addressed their primary needs and are doing really good work right now. What you're seeing out of Montreal is that they're they're keeping that solid back line but they're expanding their attacking options. It's it's gonna be exciting up
0: there in Montreal. Very exciting And I just looked it up Gingers His last call up Was in September He was called up For Belgium In September uh, American hero DeAndre Yedlin Slayed Manchester United
1: Single handedly That's not true Single handedly That's how that game went Right But I'll also tell you That that type of stage Is what A guy like DeAndre Yedlin Needed He he clearly had a stage In the World Cup And mm-hmm. it paid off By him being signed By Spurs But he couldn't really Ever find his foothold There Obviously, his subsequent loans have meant that he's now playing for Sunderland. And and it takes a game against a team like Man United, a good game against a team like Man United, to really get you noticed. And I And hopefully this means that his sort of stake in that clubhouse has gone up to the point where it's no longer a question that he's going to be playing. He's going to get meaningful Premier League minutes and... How can that be anything other than a massive positive if you're a U.S. Men's National Team fan?
0: Huge positive. Happy to see the young man out there. Happy to see him getting minutes and a win. That's always good. I uh, hope there's a lot more from him. I like DeAndre. He he has a bright future. Next week, Gingers, we're going to talk more about this next week, but next week, meaningful games, CCL games, my friends. ConcaCAF Champions League is rejoined. We've got DC United and Seattle playing on Tuesday. Uh Tuesday the 23rd. uh not against each other. <laughs> We're playing on Tuesday the 23rd and uh Real Salt Lake and LA Galaxy the next day, that Wednesday. Everybody's playing a Mexican side, uh, and of course they're all good. So it's not gonna be easy going. But those are the first games that count, folks. They're coming up soon.
1: Ginger, just so you guys know. Uh, I'll be taking a little vacation um, this week. I'll be in Madrid seeing Atletico Madrid play. It's going to be really exciting. Um, I will will return in time to do a one-day-late podcast, so look out for Straight Red next week on Wednesday. Uh, and then the following week, we'll have our MLS season preview show. It'll be really exciting. We hope to have some, some special guests for that one. Um, But don't expect it on a normal Tuesday slot. You'll get uh, a sweet, sweet Wednesday edition with a really, really tired Alex S. Kibler because he's going to have flown back from Madrid that day.
0: Is this how you're trying to sabotage hashtag tramp 100k not gonna happen. we are going to get amped up gingers you need to tell your friends you need to tell your friends friends we need people downloading that podcast every week once we hit 100k i swear to god we're tattooing your whole body (laughs) you're gonna look like a member of the yakuza just top to bottom just covered in tattoos fantastic all of them say straight red you're gonna be so embarrassed and dixie will leave you it all seems fair what has become of me ways that you can get s- <laughs> t- in touch with us gingers
1: at straight red pod on twitter that's the show at jeff is famous on twitter that's jeff at alex s. Kibler on twitter that's me straight red at icloud.com straight red podcast on facebook and straight red on f- wait no straight red podcast on instagram and straight red <laughs> on facebook jeff i screwed up the thing but it's now time for quiet time with jeff jeff what do you have for the gingers out there this evening
0: Gingers, I know this is usually your favorite part of the podcast, but I'm still so amped up about (laughs) Tramp 100K, and I just have to emphasize this is the thing that we need to do. We just have to get this done. This is the funniest. This is better than the $700,000. This is the funniest dumb idea I have heard yet. And I will need your help, not just to get listeners out there. We need to get straight red out on the road. We've been talking about it for a long time. Uh, We need to find a way to come to you because that's how we're going to get to that 100K. That's the way it is. And let me know. You don't even have to tell Alex. Let me know who you want to hear from on this show by that i mean interviews who would you like us like us to bring on uh who who do you want me to subject alex to whatever it's going to be whatever it's going to take and you can just tweet at me if you're on twitter at jeff is famous let me know who you'd like and make sure you use the hashtag that i'm going to mention every day tramp 100k hashtag tramp 100k i'm so excited you, you none of you understand how excited I am right now.
1: What have I gotten myself into? Go for it in soccer gingers. <music>